If you get your Bibles open tonight to the book of James. I want to go over the mindsets that we were talking about on Sunday. How many have seen just some short-term fruit from these messages in your, in your thought life? Amen. I hope it's been helpful to you. And as you're getting to the book of James, which I might change up in a second, let me read 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 that we've been using for this message, which is now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're working on being whole minded and whole body, soul, and spirit doing what God is wanting us to do. And so I want to talk about the minds tonight. And we started off on Sunday morning of talking about being double-minded and being unstable in all our ways. And I want to uh, go into the second one, but I'm going to change up the order. If you wrote them down, I gave you seven mindsets on Sunday, and I want to go over them. But I I changed a couple because I wanted them to be a little bit more in order that would make a little more sense. So I said double-minded, and then I had... uh, I think number two was hardened heart, hardened mind. I think number three was uh, carnal. Number four was prideful. Number five was reprobate. Six was hostile. And seven was darkened. But I want to go from number one, double-minded. I'm going to just change a couple there. And we're going to go to make number two, carnal-minded. The reason I want to do this is I want to kind of make it in an order of how I think that the mind goes as it leads to, as I said Sunday night, someone totally backsliding totally turning away from God. Okay? So this is the mindsets that we want to watch out for and not allow to happen, obviously, in our lives. So double-minded. Number two will be carnal-minded. Number three will be prideful-minded. Number four will be, and then we'll be go, number four will be hardened. Five, six, and seven will stay the same. So get your pins ready. I'm going to try to run through this because I really want to try to get these out tonight and finish this up tonight. So number two is the carnal mind. Romans chapter 8, even though I told you James, not too far away. Romans chapter 8. Say amen when you get there. I'm going to read these scriptures. We're going to have a little bit of prayer tonight before we leave for the cast and declare that God is going to uh, move this weekend in this play. Romans chapter 8. And I'm on that note, real quick, before we read this, can I get some people in here tonight that'll tell me that they'll fast one day over the next three or four days for this? Amen? All right. God sees your hearts. Amen. If you just take a day, a meal, a meal a day, whatever you want to do, but just between tomorrow and Sunday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just be lifting up travel. Like I said, we got some leaving in the morning, some getting in tomorrow night, some leaving Friday morning, and so that we got to make sure everybody gets there or there's no play. So please pray for that. Um, also pray for um, Friday night, breakaway service at 7, which is Colorado time is 6, which will be the first play. And then Sunday morning, I'll be preaching. So I'll be praying then. And then Sunday night, we'll be doing the play again at 6. So they're an hour before us. So just please have that on your mind and be lifting us up. We'll be praying for you here that God will move. But I know that God's God's going to save a bunch of souls this weekend through this play. Amen? So please be lifting that up. Romans 8, 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh 
set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, to the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor can it be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Amen? So this is the mind number two that we begin to see in our, in our mindset. We started off with double-minded where we're up and down. One week we're strong with God. Another week we're weak. One week we're yes, Lord. Another week we're low, Lord. And we just go back and forth. And then that leads into a mind that becomes carnal. We act these ways because we're feeding our flesh. We're feeding our minds with flesh. And we're allowing the flesh to govern our lives. When you're in the Spirit... Spirit is winning. When you're in the flesh, flesh is winning. We've been talking about this this whole series. The carnal mind, listen to this, is important. It's somebody who is consumed by me. The I. Okay, it's a selfish. This is different than prideful that we're going to go into. The carnal mind is selfish. It's always thinking about me. It's always thinking about what I can get. It seems like when you have a carnal mind, the world revolves around you. Okay, and, and even God revolves around you. And God has to make, make His... I did sound like I was in a box for a little bit there. God has to... Gosh, you could have told me before. God did make... Uh, we, we seem like, God, God, you come down and, and revolve around me and how we know we're supposed to revolve around God. Amen? So the whole world revolves around them. This is somebody whose thought process is always thinking, how can I please myself? How can I make things work out good for me? How can I be happy? How can this work for me? Everything they do is selfish. The carnal mind is selfish, and it's looking for out for number one. Okay? So these are some traps that you can begin to watch for and be careful not to allow it to happen into your life because these first two and three and four mindsets are what lead people, if they're not dealt with, to danger. Okay? I, I think about this all the time. Dwayne talked tonight about someone who is not coming. He said, let's pray for somebody who hasn't been here. I don't know about you, but I think of people all the time that I don't see, that I haven't seen for a while, that I don't see anymore, that aren't coming, that have come and gone. And that's not just here. This is from over many years. That same thing happened in Costa Rica. And you see these people over and over. They start. They come in. They get touched. They get involved. They work. They do. And they're gone. Now, we know there are situations. There's times people get moved away. Last year, we had an exodus of people who moved to, to Colorado Springs, moved for their jobs, different things. They weren't bad things. They just were things that happened. Those happened. But I'm talking about people who begin to make bad decisions, begin to let their minds be run by the things of the enemy, and they begin to lose track of where God wants them to go. Amen? And so, how many know if we're talking about a selfish, carnal mind, it's the exact opposite of what God's Word says our mind is supposed to be. Because God's Word says it's all about others. It's all about serving. It's all about living for everybody else. It's all about dying to myself and thinking about somebody else. Having a good marriage is when you're thinking more about your spouse and what you can do for them than what they can do for you. Having a good friendship is, is loving on that person and doing more for them than you want them to do for you. And that's how, that's how God wants us to walk. But the carnal mind is always thinking, me, me, me. And if we don't crush that and we don't defeat that, 
it will lead us into the next mindset, which is the prideful mind. Okay? Pride is a humongous, humongous place for the devil to work in your life. And a lot of times we think prideful people have to be people who are the best or number one or on top. Anybody can be prideful. This would describe a person, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, while I'm reading this, this would describe a person who thinks they have arrived, thinks they've made it, thinks they're better than others, watch this, because of their intelligence, maybe some certificates, maybe some diplomas, maybe some, some H's and some P's and some letters after your name, whatever, whatever it happens to be. But how many know that sometimes the smarter you get, the less common sense you can have, right? There's a whole lot of people in this world that are very smart and have zero common sense. I take the common sense over being super smart. Amen? Just an example that comes to my mind because I think of, I like athletics and I think of sports and I think of all these guys who maybe they don't have a degree or they're not the smartest up here in the world, but they're amazing athletes and they've got it made. They've got these huge contracts making all this money and they get caught for DUIs. These guys with these huge contracts making all these money and they can't stop smoking weed. Right? I mean, I could go on and on with the stupidity of these prideful minds where they've been elevated to a place to have all this money, all this fame, and they get caught doing stupid stuff. Okay? 1 Corinthians 3, let's look at this. Verse 18 says, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, meaning wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. You know what that means to me? That means it doesn't matter how smart you are, if you're not smart enough to believe in the Bible. No matter how smart you are, if you're not smart enough to use the gifts God gave you to bring glory to Jesus' name. You got, if a scientist has all the PhDs and HDs and PHs and names behind him, smartest man in the world, and he loves God, then he is a very, very smart person. The Bible says if you're wise in this age, in this world, it's foolishness with God. Amen? That's why he used the cross. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Okay? Today we have a church world, church world, general, that is... As my pastor says very, very well, a, wide, a mile wide and an inch deep. Okay? No, no substance. No common sense. No spiritual discernment. No wisdom. And along, as we go along these mindsets that we've been talking about and we begin to look at these things, this is the plan of the devil. And if we're not cleaning, remember the whole time, going all the way back two weeks to where we started this thing was, we've got to continually be cleaning our minds continually filling our minds up with good things, not allowing the garbage to set in. How many know the longer you let garbage sit there, the nastier it gets, the uglier it gets, the harder it is to clean, the more mess it makes. But if we, if we have maintenance, 
and we keep that dust off of our minds, we keep the garbage out of our minds, then it's easier to recognize, man, I'm, that, that was a bad thought. Man, that was prideful. Man, that was carnal. That was selfish. And we, we can recognize those things more. And, and, and we go back to this. This is one of the biggest things of the whole series is to keep your mind clutter-free. Okay, to be careful what you're feeding into your mind. Remember, if you don't have the mind, your mind, listen, your mind lined up with your spirit, you're not going to make it. Okay, the mind has got to be lined up to the spirit of God. Remember, the spirit is that personal vertical relationship with Jesus. Here's one more verse out of this number uh, three, the prideful mind. Romans 1.22, although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. Okay, although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. What's next? Number four. Who's got it written down? The hardened mind. Okay, now we're beginning to get into a dangerous place. And as long as we're keeping ourselves away from double-mindedness and carnal-mindedness and pridefulness, we won't get to this fourth one. Okay? But right now there's a lot of people, maybe not in here, but outside, backslidden, falling away, or maybe even sometimes it is in the church where they're at this place right here, and this is kind of in the middle. This is kind of that ground where you've got to, if you don't win this, you're at the top of that slippery slope. Okay? The heart and mind, listen, is somebody who has lived a long time in disobedience against God. Okay, so now this can be two people, obviously. This can be somebody who has always, all their life, rejected Christ. Always. Never accepted. I know people like that. You know people like that. They've always just turned away, never said yes to God, never accepted the Lord, always said no. Or it can be somebody who at one time knew God and had began this, this, this slippery slope of the mindsets and now they've turned away from God for so long that their, their mind has been hardened. Their mind has become calloused to the things of God. They're no longer sensitive or soft or open to the things of God. How many know somebody like that? Does anybody know anybody that, that at one time knew God and tonight you know that they're not sensitive any longer? I do. They're not open any longer. They don't respond any longer. They're at this place of the heart and mind. They're in a dangerous, dangerous place. And, and, and it's sad, we talked about it Sunday morning, if Hebrews talks about somebody who has known God, tasted his goodness, and turned away from that and gone back to their old ways, the, their mind becomes hardened. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 3. I've got verses for all these things I want to show you. Hebrews chapter 3. Say amen when you're there. Backing everything I'm saying up with scriptures. Hebrews chapter 3. Give me a couple more amens and I'll read it. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 8. Do not harden your hearts in rebellion in the day of the trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest any of you have an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Do you notice there where it says departing? That means you've been with them. Okay? Departing from the living God. And look at 13. 
but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Okay, the deceitfulness of sin. If we don't deal with sin, sin will deal with us. You better learn to deal with sin. When, sin, the, when the Spirit of God begins to convict you about something, deal with it. Don't put it off. Don't wait on it. Don't let it set in because sin is deceitful. We know that all the way back to Adam and Eve. Eve was deceived. Adam was deceived by the serpent. They were, they were, they were hurt. They heard those words that coerced them into believing something that was a lie. And if we do that, it says, be careful that today... You are not hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Even being in church, we can have our hearts hard, hard, hardened, sorry, our minds hardened to the gospel if we're not careful. I've seen that. I've seen that. Some, like I said, sometimes people come out of religion or they come because their parents make them or they come because it's a habit because they know it's right. I've preached many, many times over the years and looked at people in their eyes and they were staring at me in a blank stare. Amen? Just looking at me, and I knew that what I was saying was not penetrating. It was not getting in. It was not doing anything because there was no response. There was no fruit. There was no change. There was no, there was no joy. There was no gladness. There was nothing happening in their life. They can sit there in church, and, and it says here, don't let that happen. Exhort one another daily. That means it's our job, that's why we're here at church together, to, to, to encourage one another. Hey, don't get cold. Hey, don't get soft. Don't get hard-hardened. Keep your heart soft. Hey, love one another. And we help each other and we exhort one another so that we won't be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. How many, even in the last few months, have seen somebody in your life be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin? Make bad choices. Go down the road of sin. And now they're reaping the, the consequences. The craziest thing about People who backslide. Because really, if you think about it, where I'm at right now when this, in this series is we're talking about the backslidden state now. The crazy thing about somebody who's backsliding is that they don't recognize it. The, it, the greatest example I've ever heard is one of the simplest ones of that frog in that boiling water. How many have heard that story, that example, just in case someone hasn't? If you, put a, if you took a frog and you were going to boil him to eat frog legs like people do, and you threw him in that boiling water, already boiling, he would jump out. You wouldn't be able to kill him. You wouldn't be able to eat him. But if you took a frog and put him in very, not cold, but lukewarm water, very, very comfortable water, and he sat there and you began to turn slowly, very, very slowly, the water up, as you began to uh, turn that water up and the water starts getting hot, he, it would go so slowly and be so comfortable that he would slowly boil to death alive. And he would not jump out because he was comfortable. That is what happens to a lot of sinners. They slowly, it's not an overnight thing, they slowly begin to be deceived. They slowly begin to become double-minded. They slowly begin to be more carnal-minded than they are spiritual. They slowly begin to become a person who lets pride in. They slowly begin to think, all this world revolves around me. And as they're doing all that, their mind is being hardened to the gospel. And remember that the mind and the heart are connected. The mind and the heart are connected. Amen? Mark 6.52. Read this later, but I'm going to read the verse. 
Don't take the time to go to it, but write it down. This is a part of the story. How many remember the miracle of the loaves and the fishes? There's a part in this. I don't want to take the time for it tonight. I'm trying to, trying to get through this. But go back and look at this. There's a great dynamic in this. In the book of Mark, chapter 6, and here's what this verse says. For they, verse 52, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Catch that. I'll, I'll let you go back and look at it later. Mark 6, 52. For they consider not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Can you imagine being at a miracle? And this, I've seen this too. Being at a place of a miracle like Jesus did when he fed the 5,000. And they know that they had no food. There was 5,000 men, plus women and children, in this place. No food. And Jesus said, hey, there's a boy with some loaves and some fishes. He prays over it. Only some loaves and some fishes that in, in, in his hand was enough for a couple people maybe. He prays over it and it multiplies and every person there eats. Men, women, and children. And there's food left over. Can you imagine sitting there in that? Can you imagine being at that miracle and not even being touched by it? That's what happened in the Bible. These were people who followed Jesus. These were people who knew the Lord, but they sat there so long, over and over again, allowing the words to go right over their head and not allowing it to sink in that it says they considered not the miracle of the loaves. And look what it says. For their heart was hardened. Clear as a bell. Hardened mind. Amen? For your notes for later, Matthew 13, 18 to 23, write that down. I'm not going to go into it either. It talks about the sower. Whatever you sow to your mind, you're going to reap. Okay, whatever you're putting in your mind, it's going to come out. You can't expect to sow things into your mind. Matthew 13, 18 to 23. You can't expect to sow bad stuff into your mind and nothing come out of it. You watch bad stuff. You listen to bad stuff. You, do, you, you, you hang around with people who are doing bad things. That stuff is going to come out. You can't expect to be around all that stuff and not have something bad come out. You will reap, just like we said in the offering, what you sow. Psalms 95, 8, last verse for this one says, Harden not your hearts. So if I read all these verses that talks about a hardened heart and a hardened mind, it means our minds can be hardened. I pray to God no one in this place tonight is at that place. And if you are, I thank, you that, I thank God there's grace and mercy to get back. Amen? As long as you repent. Number four? Was that number four or number five? Number three. What was that? Now we're at five. Now we're, now we're going to pick up for the last three. The perverse and reprobate mind. The perverse and reprobate mind. So now it's not enough that I don't want to hear the things of God. Now it's not enough that I don't really want to serve God and I don't really want to have anything to do with God. Now I'm going to go and just be crazy. I'm going to go and just act like the world and not only act like the world, I'm going to act crazier than the world. I'm going to outdo the world. And this is the, the mindset of a perverse and reprobate mind. This is the mind, watch this, that is contaminated with perverse and dirty and ungodly thoughts. Okay, perverse and dirty and ungodly thoughts. Now, someone might say, man, I can't believe I had that thought. I'm sure every one of us have. I can't believe that thought came into my mind. But you caught it. You caught it. You asked for forgiveness. You dealt with it. You, you cast it out. 
But when you get to this place, it don't even bother you anymore. It don't even bother you that it's, that it's bad. Matter of fact, it's not bad enough. You're in a place now where the devil has an, listen, open door. I was just reading le- recently or watching something in the last couple of days about that guy again that uh, was in my, out of Miami, Puerto Rico, across the states, a bunch of places where he said he was Jesus. Hispanic guy who's dead, by the way. He died last year. That didn't come out too much into the things. So he's been gone a year, so I think it's past the three days, right? But second coming. Anyways, he claimed he was Jesus, had several wives, drank, died of cirrhosis of the liver, as a matter of fact. Um, money, f- craziness. You, you, you watch something like that. I could have flashed up a little video on it, and you'd see it, and you'd go, that is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I can't believe these people are so dumb. But see, once you go double-minded, carnal-minded, prideful-minded, hardened mind, now you're at the reprobate place, and it's an open door to be deceived. Have you ever thought about how some of these people get deceived? There's why. They've opened up a door, listen, to false doctrines and really anything. How many have seen some crazy stuff out there? Crazy stuff. Why? Because their hearts and their minds are perverse and reprobate. They'd rather believe a lie than just believe the truth of the Bible. So let's go to Romans chapter 1 real quick. Romans chapter 1. I want to show you something. This is a a very strong set of verses. Romans chapter 1. I want everybody to look at this. It's the clearest place in the Bible that talks about the danger I actually read a verse just a second in Romans 1, 22, when I said, professing to be wise, they became fools. Say amen when you're there. Let's pick up in 23. Watch this with, with me. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things, meaning they'll worship anything. Therefore, God also... Gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts, hearts and minds connected, to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Okay? Who exchanged the truth of God for what? For a lie. And worshiped and served the Creator rather than, sorry, the creature, rather than the creator who is blessed forever. So he's seeing this state of mind. And then in 26, he says, for this reason, not because he doesn't love them, not because he doesn't want to deal with them, but because they've allowed themselves to get to this place. They've hardened their hearts for so long. It says in 26, God gives them up to what? Vile passions, vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, burned in their lust for one another. Men with men, committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. Keep reading with me. And as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased, or in other words, reprobate mind, to do the things which are not fitting. Being filled with unrighteousness, 
sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous, watch this, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but approve of those who practice them. Those are some of the strongest verses you're going to see in the Bible. Some of the clearest verses you're going to see in the Bible. And one of the craziest things about these verses when I read them is that I realize that this goes so strongly along with God's will to give us free will. He says, you want that? Go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. That's what you want? Here. See where this takes you. See how this goes. And he lets them do whatever they want. And they get to a place where not only are they sinning, but they're sinning to the greatest degree that they can. They're coming to a place where they're doing things that in their right mind, they never would have thought they would have done. And I want to I point something out just to, just to watch out because God, God knows what he's doing. Sometimes when we get to read something like this, and we know that this is a place of, of deeper on in the fifth part of this mindset. But there's some things mentioned in here mixed in. Like dishonoring, disobedient to parents. It's kind of hard when you think disobedient to parents, sexual immorality, disobedient to parents, evil mindedness. You know, some of these ones seem don't like don't seem like they fit in there. But I don't think God made any mistakes. Strife. Strife. Deceit. Whispers. That means gossip. Same place. Backbiters, people who talk behind people's backs. Proud, boasters. Amen, I'm just untrustworthy. There's a big mixture of things. Meaning God, you know what that means? God, help us. God, help us have your mind. God, help me be right. Help me live right. I don't, I don't, there's not an accident that he mentioned those things together. But he's basically saying, we have got to keep our minds clean. Amen. Body, soul, and spirit. Number six, the hostile mind. This is now an enemy of God. Saved at one time or not. Never known the Lord or not or saved, doesn't matter. Same person. A person, listen, who sins constantly without repentance. There is no longer any, I'm sorry, Lord. There's no longer any, I made a mistake, Lord. Now it's, I don't even care. It doesn't make a difference to me. Eventually, this comes to a, watch, watch how this turns. Eventually, this comes to a state of bitterness. That they don't want to have anything to do with God. So as I'm going along all these mindsets, you're thinking of people. I know someone like that. They needed help along the way. And there's no place that somebody can't come back if they come back to their right mind. There are some people at a certain place, all you can do for them is pray. It's going to take a miracle. 
Because they have allowed themselves to come to a place where now I don't want to have anything to do with God. And isn't it interesting how God gets the blame for everything? Now, not only do they not want anything to do with God, everything that's wrong is God's fault. And everything, here's, here's, this will feel familiar to you. Everything that's wrong is Christian's fault. Everything that's wrong is your fault. It's my fault. It's nobody else's fault but yours. It's blame game. Now it's the blame game. Everybody else is the reason I'm going to hell. Everybody else is the reason my marriage didn't work out. Everybody else is the reason, the reason, the reason. And they blame everybody but themselves for what they're going through. Amen? We read Romans 8, 5 to 8, but I want to read a few verses here. If you'll go back to Romans. Y'all keeping up with me? All right, I'm trying to close this up. Romans chapter 5. We read, we read 5 to 8, correct? Which says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Let's read 9. Well, I make sure I'm in the right place. Romans 8, yes, I'm on 5, sorry. Romans chapter 8. We read 5 to 8. And then verse 9 says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit of life because of righteousness. Amen? Y'all following me? But if the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give you life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put the, to death the deeds of the body, you will what? You will live. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So if they're not living in the Spirit, they're living in the flesh, and that leads to death. They are walking dead people. And they can be in the church and be walking dead people. They can hear the most anointed, powerful message ever. God's glory can fall down in a worship service and it does not touch them because they are not here spiritually. They're only here physically. That's a dangerous place. Oh, don't ever make the prayer, God, I'm tired of crying at the altar. God, I don't want to be touched anymore. You better thank God that you're still being touched. You better thank God that you're still being ministered to. You better thank God that your heart is soft. You better thank God that when you hear a testimony, you cry. Amen? That you feel the burdens of other people. Say, God, don't ever take that from me, please. Because if we don't have that, we've lost our lifeline. Philippians 3.18 says, Many live as enemies of the cross. Can you believe that? Many live as enemies of the cross. God wants us to be complete. As I read in that first verse, you know, today we've got people who, who believe in so many things, Zen and yoga and, and, and spirituality of all kinds of different things, trying to get their minds right to God through the wrong ways. Amen. Their philosophy may be right, but the cord's not connected. They're trying, but they're not connected to the power of God. Final type of mind I want to close with tonight is the dark mind. 
This is the final goal of the devil. This is where he wants every person to end up. Because he wants every person to go to hell with him. Don't forget that. Don't forget that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He is not playing games. He, he doesn't care. Listen to this. He doesn't care if you're sitting here tonight, if you're not sitting in heaven in a month. He don't care if you're sitting here taking notes tonight, if you don't make it to heaven. You all hear that? He doesn't care. He knows as long as you're alive, he still can go after you. You can make bad choices. You can make bad choices. You got to keep making right choices all the time till Jesus comes back because it doesn't do you any good to start the race if you don't finish it. It's God's will for you to finish. It's the devil's will for you to end with a dark mind. Why? Because he is of the darkness and he hates light. The devil hates the light. Amen? The devil loves this sanctuary when the lights are off. Amen? He likes darkness. Turn the light on. 1 John, I want you to end with this. 1 John chapter 1. Tell me when you're there. Say amen. 1 John chapter 1. So, so what this dark mind means is light is no longer around. Light is no longer part of my life. God is no longer involved. I, I, I'm, I don't, I'm in the darkness. I've gone off the deep end. And he doesn't want the light because 1 John 5, 1, 5 to 7 says, This is the message which we've heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. But if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So there's the, there's the key in the middle of these verses. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, there is no light in us. We do not practice the truth. I mean, no, it's easy to say I'm a believer. It's easy to say, I'm a Christian. It's easy to say, I go to church. It's easy to say, I read the Bible. But he says, don't do all that. He says, walk in the light. Be the light. Walk in fellowship with him and don't walk in darkness. Amen. Romans 121, for all they, although they knew God, they neither glorified. What? I'm going to read this again. Romans 121, for although they knew God, that's a, head, that's a head knowledge. They neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and, their, and foolish. Sorry, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Heart and mind, darkened. Okay, I'm going to read that one more time. A lot of stuff in Romans 1. For although they knew God, that, that kind of you know, takes you back again to that, that guy that was in... Uh, the God's Not Dead movie. All that movie, we didn't know that he knew God. He acted like an atheist. He acted like he, he, didn't, he didn't believe God existed. But the whole time, we find out later, he knew God. There was a time when he knew God, but because of circumstances of losing his mom and everything, he did not glorify him as God, nor gave him thanks, but his thinking became futile and his foolish heart was darkened. 
to a place where he had nothing to do with God. Let me give you one more verse before I give you a, a good one to end with. Actually, let's just go to this. Let me give you these three things. Write these down. How do we maintain? Okay, I'm going to leave dark. I'm going to leave that at the dark one. How do we maintain to close this series up? How do we maintain a clean and pure mind? Okay, so I've given you these steps. I pray in the name of Jesus, none of us ever even get close to number seven. <clears throat> Maybe you are here and at one time you were there. God's grace brought you out. I don't know where you've been. I don't know what place along those seven mindsets you've gotten to. But I know I want to stay as far away from number two as possible. And number one, I want to stay clean. Amen? I ain't trying to try out three and four. I'm staying away from them. Number one, these are three simple steps. God has to be first. God has to be first. I can love my kids. I can say I want to support my kids. But if my kids aren't in church and I'm not in church, I'm not, I'm not putting God first. I'm not talking about situations and things that come up. But if I'm supporting things that they're doing and they're not here and I'm not here and we're not here and God's not first, then, then I'm not putting God first. And they're going to watch that example as they grow up. Amen? Matthew 6, we know that verse. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. Colossians 3, 2. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Number two, stay in the truth. Stay in the word. Okay, stay in the word. Hebrews 4.12. Some of these are going back over what we started with. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And then John 16.13. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. You know, if you're keeping your heart, your mind, and your spirit right, he's going to guide you every time in truth. If you're staying pure, he's not, God is not there to set us up and to make us fail. He wants to lead us into the everlasting. He wants us to lead, into, lead us into good things. So if our minds are right, he will guide us into all truth. And number three, learn to reject the bad thoughts. Cast them off. Don't let them come in. I'm not going to read it, but write down Philippians 4, 7 and 8 again. Remember, whatsoever things are good, pure, honest, of good report, of noble report. Think on these things. Don't be anxious. And then I want to close with this last verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I want you to see this is one we haven't looked at the whole series. I saved this for the last one. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. Say amen when you get there. Write this down. This is important. This is key to this whole series. You there? 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, that means we do live in a world. Real world. We live in a fleshly body. He says, for though we are human, in other words, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You know why a lot of us lose battles? We're fighting them on the wrong battlefield. We're fighting a spiritual battle in the flesh. You can't punch the air. You can't punch the air. You can swing at it all you want. You're not going to hit nothing. The devil is not flesh. 
The enemy is not flesh. So, though the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Here's what we have to do. Casting down, casting down, rejecting away every argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And finally, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. To the obedience of Christ. No mind, you are going to obey me. You, I have the mind of Christ. This is not of God. I'm not going to allow that thought to resonate in my mind. I'm not going to act on that thought. I'm not going to act like I want to act. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. When was the last time you punished yourself for make, having a bad thought? Amen? Punish yourself. I don't know how you do that in your own personal life, but figure it out. Amen? Punish yourself. Send yourself into timeout. Spank yourself. I don't know what you got to do. But captivate that thought and punish the disobedience. Basically, you're serious about your thought life. I'm not letting that in. I'm not going to have that thought again. I'm not going to allow myself to go back to who I was before. I'm not going to act like I used to act. I'm not going to talk like I used to talk. Amen? Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this series. We thank you, Father, for allowing us to learn about these things. And I just pray tonight, God, that everyone here would understand how serious it is to win the mind battle. It is the key to our victory or our defeat. Every thought, or sorry, every action, everything we do starts in the mind. We do not do anything without it coming from our mind first. And God, tonight we need, your, we need your help. We need the truth. We need your strength. Because we may have allowed some things to come in over the span of time that have contaminated us. Evil thoughts. Watched bad things. Tried bad things. Spoken bad things. Allowed spirits to grasp and grab a hold of our hearts. God, we're serious about this. We're serious about living for you. We're serious about walking in the light and not in darkness. And we know that you'll help us as we put you first, as we stay in the truth, and as we learn to reject these bad thoughts. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that leads us into the truth. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that convicts us says, hey, watch out. You're in danger. We thank you for somebody who loves us enough to tell us we're in trouble. Thank you for somebody who loves us enough to speak truth into our lives. God, help us never get to that place of disobedience or backsliding or prideful or double-minded or carnal or hardened heart. God, a hardened mind. God forbid that we'd ever have a reprobate mind a perverse mind, a hostile mind of violence and anger against you, God. Soften our hearts tonight. Lord, this is a Wednesday night service. We're here because we want to be here, Father. And God, we can help others. I pray this series has helped people. If you're listening to this and you're at home 
and you're not in church and you're not coming to church and you're, you're trying to get things fixed by listening to the internet, it's good that you're listening. But you need to be in church. You need to be with other people. You need to be around brothers and sisters, fellowshipping. Father, we pray for those tonight, God, that have backslidden. Those that have turned away from the truth and need to come home. God, reach out to them, please. Let them know that you love them. Let them know that we're praying for them. Let them know they can come home. And Lord, if there's been doors opened up tonight in this place in anybody's lives for sin to come in, Lord, tonight we can close those doors. We can reject those thoughts. We can take captive those thoughts and we can cast down every argument that comes against the knowledge of Jesus Christ.